Hello and welcome to episode 188 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast. Yes, still being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight, it's once again time for that April crazy travel roundup. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And tonight, I am partaking in a Dr. Dank Pineapple Dream from Wicked Weed Brewing out of Nashville, North Carolina. This is weighing in at 6.7 APV. Typically not a big fan of fruit-themed beers, but a huge fan of hazy IPAs. And this is actually a pretty good combination. So we skipped the mid-month episode for April. Uh, Just too much going on trying to keep that home life, work life balance thing under control to actually get an episode out. But here is what is in store for the April craziness. Remember the childhood game shoots and ladders? In modern times, we play emergency shoots and what the hell's the matter? We're going to herd some cats at JFK, sort of. Uh, One rule for life from the movie Roadhouse. Southwest Airlines, it's like deja vu all over again. No shirt, no shoes, no service. Kind of a fast times at Richmond High theme. Kids on a plane, more kids on a plane. And then finally wrapping up with when real life imitates the movies. Time for a quick travel update. One quick trip to Columbia, South Carolina for a weekend getaway during the last month. This simple six hour drive up I-95 would become a nine hour marathon by the time we hit Jacksonville, Florida. Make no mistake about it, I-95 is horrendous. From Florida to Maine, somewhere along the way, you are going to experience delays. The first part of the delay was the remaining snowbirds were all headed back north. And the second part of the delay came when we hit the Georgia, South Carolina line, where I-95 goes from four lanes down to two. Think of it as the merge lane at the on-ramp, but instead of five or six cars, you've got four lanes down to two, all of which are doing 75 miles an hour. The base camp for the weekend was the Hampton Inn Columbia Downtown Historic District. It was a perfect location as it was located near everything we wanted to do. Dinner the first night was at the Hickory Tavern, which offered their take on a tasty sports bar theme A solid mix of local beers, and plus, it was within walking distance or stumbling distance of the hotel. Saturday morning, we spent time at the Soda City Market, and Soda City Market is a producer-only market, which means vendors must make or grow their own products. And their motto is, find everything you need to nourish your brain, your body, and your belly The market fields an average of 150 vendors per week and over 400 unique vendors throughout the year. Again, a very easy walk from the hotel. After that, we grabbed the car and headed to Cromer's Peanuts to stock up on some boiled peanuts and peach knee-high. Cromer's was started by my late grandmother's uncle, Uncle Julian D. Cromer, and Uncle Julian was an early adopter of true grassroots marketing with his slogan, Cromer's, guaranteed worst in town and that slogan today is still on display inside the store lunch was at big daddy's burger bar the ceo went with the smokehouse burger which consisted of a beautifully cooked angus patty topped with this just succulent looking pulled pork 
throw in some pepper jack cheese and of course onion straws. I passed on the beef and went with their special of the month, a peanut Thai chicken sandwich. Absolutely amazing. Peanut sauce was out of this world. Do not, and I repeat, do not pass up their tater tots covered with some sort of special seasoning. I never really knew that tater tots could be kicked up to this level, but they were. Dinner that night was a formal event at Stone River, and Stone River is sent on the banks of the Congaree River, which is a perfect view or offered a perfect view of downtown Columbia. Service, food spot on, made the perfect ending for a quick getaway weekend, and the drive back only took us six and a half hours. On to the April craziness, let's open with one of my favorite topics, the deployment of an airplane's emergency slide. Dateline LA, Delta Flight 1714 was headed towards Seattle, right up to the point when a passenger opened an emergency exit, causing the emergency slide to deploy as the plane was pushing back from the gate. So in case you were curious, and I was, the cost to repack a slide can cost as much as $30,000, according to the consumerist.com. The cost will cover the repacking of the slide, which can cost anywhere between six dollars to $12,000 by itself. And then the remainder is for any repairs that may need to be done to the aircraft. Now, here's the odd thing. According to the Valley News that reported this, the person that deployed the chute was not arrested but transported to a local hospital for a mental evaluation. What's even odder is the aircraft was holding a taxi for takeoff when the passenger deployed the chute and exited the aircraft and was detained by Delta staff ahead of being released by local law enforcement. This means that Delta isn't like most businesses out there where if an employee witnesses an infraction or some kind of legal wrongdoing, they are told not to engage. Apparently, Delta employees are willing to engage, and in the end, the aircraft returned to the gate and passengers were put safely on yet another plane. So when it comes to herding cats this month, we must thank Norse Atlantic Airlines. You've probably never heard of them. I had neither, but Norse has a fleet of roughly 10 planes and positions itself as a low-cost, long-haul airline. And part of Norse's mission statement is this. Norse is dedicated to doing two things excellently, providing top customer experiences and affordable tickets. So how's this for a customer experience? In early April, Norse forgot to send arriving passengers through customs, and now they have to return to JFK. This was a flight from France, and it appears that the passengers deplane, grabbed whatever, baggage claim, luggage, whatnot, and walked right out the front door towards their train, their Uber, their car. I mean, there's no two to three hour customs uh, ceremonial welcome to America explaining what you bought, what you didn't buy. And if you ever traveled internationally, you would know that this is a gift. And it was a gift until the next morning. And then that's when TikTok browser took to Reddit to post the email that they had received overnight. The email starts out with, this is a reminder that you have to be cleared by immigration when entering the U.S. You did not, unfortunately, clear immigration upon arriving into New York. Please report back to Terminal 7 at JFK this morning by 0900. It is in your own interest that you proceed by the customs and border protections of the U.S. government. So throughout the Reddit comments, TikTok browser posted a few more details 
such as we got off the plane past baggage claims and right out the exit. We were so confused, but we were like, okay, I guess. Then they actually reached out to CBP and they were somewhat wishy-washy on whether or not everyone really did have to return to JFK. And TikTok browser finished up the Reddit thread with LOL. Yes, I went back, spent hundreds of dollars on Ubers to go back. A supervisor at CBP told me that I had to have come back. This was no doubt the fault of one single individual that opened the floodgates and let everybody leave. And apparently that person missed the Custom and Border Patrol day at Gate Agent School. Now, when it comes to the movies, one of the movies that I always stop to watch is Roadhouse. And if you've listened to any of the previous 187 episodes, I will often reference one of John Dalton, who was played by the late Patrick Swayze, one of his three simple rules. Rule number three, be nice. So in case you were wondering what the other two rules are, rule number one, expect the unexpected. And number two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. Well, Gary left from View from the Wing must also listen to travel stories because last month he posted the most important trick to getting what you want from airlines and other large businesses. If you've never seen Roadhouse, Patrick Swayze's character, John Dalton, majored in philosophy at NYU. And Gary claims that he's been a proponent of the philosophy of hang up call back for many years. When you don't get an answer you want the first time, hang up the phone and talk to someone else. This happened a few weeks ago to one of my coworkers as he was stranded at Dulles due to weather delays. He was flying on United where he had absolutely no status. After three phone calls of, sorry, there are no other flights available, he hit gold on call number four as he got a flight into Midway, which at least put him a little bit closer to his final destination. Gary also added, in case you didn't know, if you are caught in some sort of a day of travel delay, you can always check the check-in counter with everybody else. There's always the kiosk, the website, the app. You can get on the telephone. You can go find the customer service counter, talk to a gate agent. You can take to Twitter, some cases, Facebook Messenger or other social media or messaging apps. But nowhere in the post does Gary mention screaming, cussing, breaking things, or removing your clothes, more on that in a minute, just to get your way. It does come down to being nice and asking nicely. Believe me, if that gate agent could go wrench on a 737 in order not to hear all the bitching about a mechanical delay, they would do it. And also rule number one, expect the unexpected is also solid advice and if you've never watched roadhouse i encourage you to do so because it is truly filled with all sorts of life lessons the late great smoky Barrera once said it's deja vu all over again so for this next story let's jump back into the wayback machine to december 2022 all right so maybe it's not that far of a wayback machine but if you had traveled by plane during the 2022 christmas season by now, hopefully, you are finally reunited with, reunited with your luggage, and by the love, grace of God, hopefully you're at home. But the 2022 Christmas air travel season was a dumpster fire, and if you don't recall, a winter storm rolled in and ignited that dumpster fire on Friday, December 23rd, and the result was lot, lots and lots and hundreds of lost luggage and stranded passengers. 
And in case you forgot the numbers, on Tuesday, December 27th, a couple days after Christmas, over 20,000 delayed flights, along with 5,100 canceled flights. The next day, Wednesday, not a lot better. 11,000 delayed flights and 4,400 canceled flights. And Southwest Airlines, if you remember, took the brunt of it by canceling over 2,500 flights both Tuesday and Wednesday. And part of the issue was that Southwest bases its routes on a point-to-point system and not a hub system like most of the other major airlines. The other part was that the outdated Southwest Airlines technology infrastructure. So think of it as still relying on dial-up internet in the year 2023. Well, guess what? April 18th, the FAA issued a ground stop, which halted all Southwest Airlines from taking off. And this was due to a technical glitch. And that glitch was a firewall failure. And I use the phrase a firewall as I hope Southwest has several firewalls and not just one firewall. Technology failure, again, like I said, deja vu. And as I tend to say, always have a good data backup or have a good resume. My thought when I first heard this was that maybe a Southwest IT staff member decided to quiet quit by unplugging a network cable. No shirt, no shoes, no service. This is our first thank you Florida story. In case you didn't know, selecting your seat on an airplane is important. And most seasoned travelers are either a window person or an aisle person. If you're a middle seat person, you are a total monster. But for years, I was a window seat person. But for the last five or six years, I've become an aisle guy, and I'm not sure why. But here's some travel advice. No matter your seat preference, do not, and I repeat, do not leave your seat choice up to the airlines. Looking at the odds, they have a one in three shot of assigning you your preferred seat, window, middle, aisle. And believe me, they will get it wrong 100% of the time. Trust me. So last month, Charlotte to Fort Lauderdale, thank you, Florida, an American Airlines passenger ignored my travel advice and didn't order their seat or reserve their seat before the flight. They got to the gate and found out they did not get the window seat that they wanted. And as you could well imagine, this was not a happy passenger. There's a video, there's always a video, and it was posted on the IG account only in Broward, and Broward is the county that Fort Lauderdale is in. So this shirtless, low-hanging pant passenger was pacing back and forth to the boarding door and began trashing the gate area. He TKO'd the boarding area sign before getting in several employees' faces, followed up by ranting to no one in particular, and then Charlotte officers gave him a prize, a set of shiny chrome bracelets, followed by a ride in the back of a police cruiser. You know the Florida motto, come on vacation, leave on probation, except this lad is leaving Charlotte on probation. So here's the question of the day. Why did the kids sprinkle sugar all over the floor of the plane? Because they wanted to have a sweet mess. So much for the dad jokes. So let's jump right into this one in case you've had your head stuck in a hole or you've been on vacation with limited access to cell service in the internet like we're living in 1983. But last month, Toronto Blue Jay pitcher Anthony Bass posted a photo on Twitter showing a lot of popcorn on the floor of a plane where his kids and wife were sitting. So here's the tweet. The flight attendant on United Airlines just made my 22-week pregnant wife traveling with a five-year-old and a two-year-old get on her hands and knees to pick up the popcorn mess made by my youngest daughter. 
Are you kidding me? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. And in case you didn't know this, Anthony Bass's sister-in-law is country singer Jesse James Decker, who took to her Instagram account and saying that her sister was humiliated and was crying in the aisle while picking up popcorn. Nearly 66 million people viewed the original tweet, and as you could imagine, it started an immediate debate over who was responsible for cleaning up after kids on a plane. Is it the parents or the flight attendants? Fair question. In my humble opinion, it's the parents' responsibility to clean up after their kids. This could be at a grocery store, a restaurant, church, even on an airplane. And yes, you spent good money on a ticket, and you are with a child in your belly, and you have two more in tow but it does not automatically make a flight attendant your personal service. Mrs. Bass knew her kids made a mess. Give any five or two-year-old a bag of popcorn, and I absolutely promise you there will be a mess. Mrs. Bass should have gotten the flight attendant's attention, acknowledged the mess, took ownership for it, and asked nicely if the flight attendant would help her to clean up the mess. I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that the flight attendant would have said something along the lines, don't worry about the mess, we'll handle it. Some people might call Mrs. Bass's behavior entitled. I can't judge that, but she should have asked for help and saved the internet from yet another stupid, senseless debate. Remember rule number three, be nice. Here's more kids on a plane. This is from View from the Wing. I give you Southwest Airline flights diverts after passenger goes on anti-baby rant. So there was a crying baby on a recent Southwest airline flight into Orlando, thank you, Florida, and the passenger on board absolutely lost it. He spent three minutes going on a rant about how he couldn't stand the sound of a baby and things got so bad, so out of control, so heated that the flight had to divert. And what do we say? There's a video, there's always a video. And this Tiki Talk video has more F-bombs in it than a Quentin Tarantino movie marathon. One passenger went on to add, by screaming, the passenger was annoying the rest of the passengers. Absolutely. So why was that okay if the baby's crying wasn't? And looking at the video, this man's poor wife, girlfriend, whatever she is or was, had the look of, here we go again on her face. And screaming kids on a plane comes with the territory, especially flying into Orlando. If the parent is truly doing all they can to comfort the child, there is not much else that can be done short of a cap full of Dramamine or back in the old days, a little bit of uh, Jack Daniels on the gums. But now the real gold or the comedy gold with posts like this or articles like this comes from the comments. For example, S-O-B-E space E-R space doc, I'm guessing sober doc, Posted, any flight to MCO is my personal version of hell. Totally get that these flights are school bus routes full of over-sugared kids heading to the theme parks. I can imagine how excited the kids are. I would have been too if I'd ever had the chance to fly to Orlando as a kid. I hope it's everything they want it to be. I just don't want to be subjected to their enthusiasm any more than I would want a bachelorette party, an Amway convention, or spring break, you name it. That's why I always have a pair of noise-canceling headphones with me so I can drown it out. Solid advice, sober doc, solid advice. And also remember, there is no on-off switch for a baby. 
Finishing up with this, a pilot flying a small plane in South Africa with four passengers aboard felt a cold sensation under his shirt around the hip area. And he thought it was a leaky water bottle until he glanced to his left and saw a venomous cobra head making its way underneath his seat. No, this isn't the opening paragraph to an adventure travel novel. This was real life. South African pilot Rudolf Aramis, E-R-A-S-M-U-S, Aramis, said he had heard from people at the airport that they had seen a Cape Cobra that was seeking refuge under the wing of his aircraft and had a suspicion that it crawled into the engine cowling. As the uh, a search of the plane turned up nothing, so we assumed that the snake had gotten out and went on his merry way, and we all know what the word assume means. Fast forward 30, 40 minutes, and that w- that's when Rudolph felt that quote-unquote cold sensation. Now, this was a five-passenger Cessna-style aircraft, not a commercial airline, meaning not a lot of places to hide. Well, Rudolph was able to safely get the plane back down to terra firma, and I'm actually surprised with such a small cockpit on a Cessna-style plane that there was room for Rudolph, the pilot, and his huge set of gonads. And I'm sure, just like me, everyone's thinking, this is just like that movie, Pulp Fiction. So here's a few more stories that didn't make the cut. I'll put links in the show notes. Two women blast music, dance, and drink at their seats while passengers suffer. Next one, American Airlines passenger urinates on seatmate after argument. This next one is why I do not go on cruises. Family sues cruise company for letting man's corpse decompose in a drink cooler for six days. And finally, TSA, bear spray, and a janitor cause evacuation of Nashville Airport. Well, there you have it. Episode 188, the April Crazy Travel Roundup is in the books. If you want detailed show notes, links, and pictures, head over to podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories visit substack travelstories.substack.com leave me a message at anchor shoot me an email travelfrick at gmail.com as i always say travel safe stay safe and thanks for listening Music.